St. Mary Magdalene, she begins our gospel. And you know what she has been called? The apostle to the apostles. Pope Francis raised her feast on July 22nd to the dignity of that of an apostle and asked that that phrase be put in there. <coughs> the apostles would tell everyone of the resurrection, but she, she told them first. There's a church on the Euphrates that's preserved, and uh, a mock of it is in, uh, if I'm allowed to mention phrases like this, is actually down at Yale, the Church of Dora Oropos. And uh, that was somewhere before around 250 or 256. And that has the three Marys. Mary Cleopas, Mary Magdalene, Mary Salome, the ones who were loyal at the foot of the cross, and then the ones who were loyal to care for Christ after his murder, his killing, his death, after his ignominy, after his being treated as a criminal and hanged from a tree. They want to anoint his body. And the first witnesses of the resurrection, and that's the earliest way the resurrection is shown, for the three women approaching the tomb. The first gospel, we had it earlier this week in Palm Sunday, the first, the first gospel of the first Passion, St. Mark's, it had that woman who came with very expensive oil to anoint Christ. And the apostles fight her about that. But she realizes what's underway, that he's going to be put to death. And she, it's very expensive oil, and the apostles get in a fight about that. And they were really infuriated, not irritated, but infuriated at her. But she realized what was up. And she realized what he was worth. And of course, we have Judas saying, oh, this should be given to the poor. It's too expensive. Judas, who would sell the Lord himself as the week progressed for a few coins, for a few coins. It reminds us in that whole ambit of Holy Week, which is the only way to see Easter, to think of the other continued days of Easter, the vigil, what our Lord dealt with, what our Lord dealt with even at the end when seemingly everyone had been brought up to speed. There are many apostles to the apostles. You meet people who are leaders of the church, who are laity, who are simply pillars of their place and time and the people around them, and they'll say something to you like this. Father, when I got to the yard, I'm not sure if I would have made it to Mass, but there was a proctor in the yard on my entry and uh, he'd invite us to Mass, and I started going, and I've never stopped, and that made all the difference. And as the years go on, they may tell you of things their colleagues did, ended up in jail they wouldn't have part of, and that uprightness, that going to Mass every Sunday, kept them safe and straight and upright. And as they said, it was really true, empirically. It made all the difference. Character is destiny. You can't give somebody who's nobody the task of being somebody. By Christ, by God's love, by our creation, we are all someone. And it's good by hearing the history of salvation every week and praying the Psalms and our Lord's words in the gospel every week and receiving our blessed Lord in communion ever and ever to be reminded of that and in turn in our own way to be apostle to the apostles.
There's a great book I've been reading. It has short chapters and deals with 100 people. It's called Literary Converts. Many of them are from the UK, a number from the US. Uh, but this great reading, that's by Joseph Pierce, I must recommend it, good size, large paperback. And it gives you an inkling of the impact that one person can have on someone else's life. They talk about G.K. Chesterton, they talk about Ronald Knox, Robert U. Benson, son of the Archbishop of Canterbury, very famous convert, and then how they converted people in turn. So if you think of the ripples from a pebble in the pond or a rock in the pond, that's what some people have been. St. Mary Magdalene, exactly. The apostles, of course. The evangelists, certainly. The fathers of the church, undoubtedly. The women doctors, the other doctors of the church, for sure. And then the nuns that taught us, and the people who raised us, and above all, I think, our parents. People will say to me, Father, my, my parents had their troubles. Parenthesis, you know enough about the situation to know the kid raised his parents. But my grandmother, she made sure I got to church every Sunday. She had me baptized, she gave me communion, got me to Holy Communion, and all that year of prep, and the same for confirmation and she made me what I am today. Well, that's true of your parents, our parents. They took the trouble to see we were catechized. They took the trouble to get us to Mass. Do you think that was effortless with all the things to do on a Sunday morning with the attraction of just staying in bed and reading the paper? They went to Mass and they got us all to Mass. The magnificence of their example, the magnificence of giving us a kick to get us there. They were the apostles to the apostles as well. Don't you think? Don't you think? Have you ever read the Confessions? Many people read that for Lent. Many people are sticky not only for what they hear in that, but simply what they hear from the pulpit or somewhere else. At the RCIA, we baptized people and we received other Christians into communion with the Catholic Church. We had four people who took the name Augustine. So let's go look at the middle window over there. Do you see St. Augustine? Do you see him holding the human heart? Carl Jaspers, the doctor and famous philosopher, called him the greatest experiencer of all time. And what a magnificent testimony to conversion, St. Augustine. Do you want to send a message? Wrap it in a person. There he is right there and all the others as well and the women doctors. What magnificent example. What a great advantage we have in the church. Our solidarity being part of the body of Christ not being left to the fattishness of one century, but having something from all the countries and all the centuries in all those who have lived the Christian faith and want to share it with us and are in solidarity with us now. If your parents have gone to God, we remember them with you here at the table of the Lord, our grandparents as well. Belief grows by slow degrees. We see that where Peter went in and then the beloved disciple went in and saw and believed. He had arrived early, waited, Peter went in, but then he beat him again in terms of the gift of faith and understanding what truly had happened. Peter was someone who denied Christ three times, even though he was warned, and then abandoned him as did the apostles. And yet he's St. Peter, the rock of the church. Paul, the greatest persecutor of the church there, arresting people, having warrants for them, heading out on the road to Damascus, but then having his road to Damascus, conversion, the greatest missionary. How many books of the New Testament we wouldn't have without 
the letters of St. Paul to here, there, and everywhere churches he helped grow or churches he indeed established, not just here but in Europe. And that very transition is a tale in the Acts of the Apostles that gives us the seal of the state of Massachusetts born and influenced by that. You really can't make this up. So that they are become the one who denied and abandoned and persecuted are become St. Peter and St. Paul, says there's room in all our lives, whatever our faults, whatever our sin, whatever the faults of someone else, to grow in the faith and be fully converted and to be apostles in turn and to be apostles to apostles who will spread the faith. We do baptisms over there. It's a good thing to think of today when we, you and I, will renew our baptismal promises in place of the creed. And you know what I often do? When I bless myself, I'll look around and see who's blessing and who's not. And of the, uh, you have one family there with the baby, but then you have, of each of them, their brothers and sisters, many of them Catholic homes. And you can see immediately that some people are kids, the next generation are trained in the faith and some are not. And so I'll kiddingly say to the kids, well, let's practice blessing ourselves. You gotta get people in line. So the left, right, I mean, it's always a puzzle how to get that right to teach someone, right? So they're all lined against the, the older rail and we'll bless ourselves. And do you know what I find after that? Not them, but their parents who hadn't sort of thing are saying, oh, Father, how do we see about baptism? And how do we see about passing the faith on? And so each of us have to be a spark Pray God, if someone cups his or her hands around us, we become a flame. Perhaps our parents, a good nun who we had in school, a grandparent who did that, for whom we give thanks to God right now. And then to become a flame and indeed a torch, speaking that God so loved the world that he sent his only son, good news indeed. And to share the power through our lives and theirs and the lights they light to be apostles to those who in turn will be apostles. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please consider supporting us by visiting stpaulparish.org. That's stpaulparish.org. God bless and see you next time.